0: Let's answer this call. Let's move the screen over to
1: where the camera is. Hello. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Hello. rub dub dub folks.
0: Rikki-tikki-tavi.
1: <laughs>
0: Hands-up party people, guess who's tired. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nathan says drinking tar consistency coffee. At least you're not to the point of just eating the coffee grounds. <laughs> And I remember doing twelve hour shifts and going into work or like the first day shift back and it getting to like first break. You're like, great, breakfast time, up to the canteen, two cups of coffee and a big can of monster. That'll see me through the day. <laughs> That'll see you through the next
0: forty to forty eight minutes before your heart explodes.
1: Those forty eight minutes I was I was on it. <laughs> I might explain a, a, a few issues now. <laughs>
0: just making a note that we should watch the Futurama episode where Fry gets a $200
2: stimulus check. (laughs) That is the best gif ever. It's such a perfect looping one. (laughs) And by that one, I mean the one where he's at the buffet table drinking the same cup of coffee again and again. I know exactly
0: the one you mean. Because it was almost a looping looping gif in the original animation.
1: A looping (laughs) gif? Yeah, I tried two times (laughs) to get it right and just gave up. This bodes well. Roll the intro.
3: Welcome to this week's episode of Remedial Nerding, the podcast where four nerds force each other to watch something that they really should have already seen. Your friendly neighbourhood nerds this week are Dan, Nathan, Paul, and me, Joanne. Remember, there's no such thing as a bad nerd. That was strange, sorry.
2: (laughs) Hello and welcome to Remedial Nerding Season 7, Episode 8. This week it was... Is shall be unfortunately, Dungeons and Dragons. Huzzah! Brackets film brackets two thousand. <laughs> brackets why? Why
0: oh why oh why? Oh
3: dear oh dear.
0: Colon, the movie that really should have been better. So this came out in the year two thousand, from New Line Cinema.
3: Yeah,
2: like six months before the Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, I mean, by the point this came out, they had done the principal cast recording of The yeah. Return of the King.
1: That really does age it. Now, I would just like, before we get too far, I would just like to stand in defence of the movie and the gentleman that ended up creating it in that they never wanted to direct it. They they wanted some really great director. Yes. But uh, Francis Ford Coppola? Coppola. Coppola. Did you just That's stumble it. over Francis Ford
0: Coppola as if you'd never yeah. heard that name
1: before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know when you know a name, but your brain goes, I don't think I know how to say that. You've
3: never said it I've out loud. It
1: several times. But yeah, uh, apparently TSR, who had sold the rights of the movie, said, no, you can't hire a different person. You own the rights, you have to direct it
0: yeah i, I what was this guy's name? I'm looking it up now
3: okay.
0: why I am so fascinated by this guy i we should try and get him on as a guest, frankly, because <laughs> it appears that at roughly the age of like eighteen or something, he said, i'm going to start a company that's going to get the rights to make the Dungeons and Dragons film, and I'll you know hire a director who knows what they're doing, <laughs> and at like twenty two he succeeded in this goal, except for that last part. so at 26 he was directing a film with jeremy irons in it
3: wow
1: i mean well done tsr for just that hamstringing what should have been great because fresh off the back of coming out of lord of the rings everyone was hyped and pumped for fantasy adventure this was before lord of the rings i'm pretty sure yeah 2000 no yeah lord of the rings came out 2001
3: yeah Although this didn't air in the UK until February 2001, so I'm not sure when Lord of the Rings actually came out. Christmas. Yeah, so it was still before.
1: I'm I'm also still reeling for the fact that the year 2000 was 20 years ago, (laughs) and not three, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but
2: but last Christmas was 15 years ago.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) That is very true. Hey, who remembers Bush v. Gore? I do. (laughs)
2: I distinctly remember having a sweepstake In the sixth form quorum room About what country he was going to invade next
0: Yeah it was Iraq (laughs) It was always Iraq wasn't it It A smart choice
2: (laughs) Senegal that was my moonshot
3: I was just starting reception
2: (laughs) Right We
1: are not talking enough about this film For how bad it was (laughs) It would imply that we liked it Can we just have either Joanne or Nathan Sum this movie up plot wise for us Because I feel that their plot descriptions will be very different. <laughs> I mean, I watched it over
0: four sessions because i am spent most of this week as tired as I am now. So, no, basically, I can't. There's at least two villains who compete for who can eat the most scenery. <laughs> 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 and, I mean, Jeremy Irons wins hands down, to be honest. But then he doesn't have a bug in his brain, so... Blew. The guy from the Crystal Maze does the Crystal Maze about two-thirds of the way through.
3: Yeah, there's an episode of Crystal Maze in the middle.
0: Yep, Doctor Who turns up. Doctor Who's there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And donates one of his lives. Specifically, Tom Baker does. He regenerates someone because this Dungeons and Dragons films has no clerics in it.
1: <laughs> it is a clericless party, which is never ideal, but can work.
0: Yeah, th- it is a bizarre mashup of what it should have been, which is direct to the Sci-Fi Channel on a budget of twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> yep. Uh, But then randomly it's got Tom Baker and Jeremy Irons in it and it's a cinema opening headline that loses $10 million. Uh,
1: I mean, how did it have a budget of $45 million to begin with? Oh my god! I mean...
3: (laughs) Good (laughs) Because they thought they were making Lord of the Rings. (laughs) So, overall
1: plot is the Empire of Izmir because that's a great name, because everyone can remember that, is split into a very caste-level society. The wizards and the mages are all at the top end, and everyone else is further down the shit-eating pile. And that's the way the kingdom runs, and they like it. Jeremy Irons, evil wizard, wants to dethrone the empress, who is coming of age, I'm assuming, since the council has been ruling in her stead. Who is Padme, but not Padme. But worse. And wants to... Create a dragon controlling sceptre to control red dragons to counter the empress's scepter that controls silver dragons gold dragons it's so a gold dragon yeah
3: the vital plot point that they're gold dragons
2: i mean the the battle at the end where there are dragons fighting dragons i couldn 't tell which was which
3: no.
1: <laughs> either way it's chromatic dragons against metallic dragons that 's all you need to know and somehow you end up with this plot where there is a rogue and his roguelike buddy, who decide to rob the magic school, get caught in the process by the young wizard, interrupt an assassination of an old wizard looking for a scroll, and quote-unquote hilarity and adventure ensue.
0: Did you describe him as a roguelike because he dies and doesn't come back?
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See, I, 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 actually made notes this time, well, one sort of notes, and that was the the party makeup. To <laughs> so have Ridley, the Human Rogue, aka Jimmy Olsen from the New Adventures of Superman.
0: Yeah, I spent so long trying to work out who he was. That's where he was from. Dan, did you not wonder why I sent the words "Jimmy Olsen" in all caps <laughs> to the group <laughs> back a few hours ago? I
1: did wonder.
3: You're an idiot.
1: What? One of the Olsons? What is, is this? Is this a brother of the Olsen twins? Why are we discussing the Olsen twins suddenly?
2: You've got Marina, the the human wizard with the largest eyes in the known universe, who basically spends the entire film wide eyed, stupid, and every time something happens, she opens them in even wider.
1: Now, can, can we just discuss their names to start with before we move on? So you've got Ridley, whose last name is Freeborn. Oh, I didn't even look up the surnames. And. The uh, Marina, her last name is Pretenser, because she's fucking pretentious. It is grade A writing we've
0: got here, I mean, it's a Dungeons & Dragons film. It should have incredibly (laughs) overwrought and on-the-nose naming scenes for the characters.
2: Then you've got uh, Elwood, the dwarf barbarian, who is not a short dwarf, but you can tell he's a dwarf because he has a great big bushy ginger beard and... You can tell he's a barbarian because he spends most of his time drunk and doesn't actually hit anyone at any point in the film.
0: (laughs) It's a Dungeons & Dragons film. It should have at least one character who's named after a Blues Brothers character. (laughs) Elwood's last name,
2: Gutworthy. Wow. Yep, fits. (laughs) Uh, Then you've got Border, who I've got down as an elf ranger, who's... Norder?
3: Norder, with an N.
2: Oh, I just fat-thumbed it then. Sorry. Well, you were just bored with her character.
3: I hate. No, I just her. can't
2: type. She was really annoying. I was trying so hard to make some kind of
0: joke about the border count voting system then, and it just wasn't coming together. <laughs> oh, Nathan!
2: <laughs> but she appears to have her wardrobe done by Madonna with her conical boob <laughs> chorus.
1: I mean, boob armor. It works. Breastplate with the breast part in italics. <laughs> <laughs> There are extra services for the flexion people. It works.
2: I mean, at least it wasn't just a, a chainmail bikini.
1: That is that is true.
2: And then we have the best member of the party, and by best, I mean the one I want to punch in the face oh repeatedly, Snails, the human idiot.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for, for the party notes, I wrote, Rogue impetuous, wizard impatient, dwarf inebriated, elf huntress... Pfft ineffective (laughs) snails i don't know i just don't know about snails i mean
2: obviously plot spoilers but when damadar kills him all i could think was thank fuck for that
3: (laughs) i kind of loved him
2: he's basically playing exactly the same characters he is in scary movie
0: he has possibly had the most successful career subsequently because that's marlon wayans my notes were Ridley Freeborn, the protagonist, even though Dungeons & Dragons is an ensemble game which doesn't have a protagonist. <coughs> uh, Snails, he's the comic relief. Uh, then you've got the uh, wizard, as previously mentioned, her direction on step was open your eyes wider. No, wider. <laughs> uh, she has the plot MacGuffin and reminds and gets captured a lot. Then there's Random Dwarf who joins the party for no good reason because in the non-game universe, an extra player joined the evening session. <laughs> He's the comic relief. <laughs> then there's uh, an elf ranger who also turns up later. She's also the comic relief. Actually, no, she's not comic relief. That's completely false.
1: She's the love interest for snails. The racially appropriate love interest. Yep. Mm. And... Yeah. I mean, the to be fair, the exchange when snails and Elwood see Nordda for the first time, and Snails like, yeah, she's hot, I'm gonna go talk to her, and Elwood's like, nah, forget elves, they're prissy and stuck up, what you want is a nice £200 dwarven woman that you can get behind and grab the beard, and it's like, wait, what? I <laughs> used to
0: believe that that was a Blackadder reference, because this whole film is crammed with references, which is appropriate for a Dungeons and Dragons session, I mean film. <laughs>
2: I mean, I did like the fact that Snails was willing to sacrifice a few years to be a bit older, because that's <laughs> going to make a difference to a 240-odd-year-old elf.
1: But I did note, with Snails, one, we're not. there's no indication of what we use, we just assume he's human, but he does wear his hat with the ear flaps that cover the tops of his ears. Snails could be elven, or at least half-elven. I mean, he describes himself as being
0: 23, so... And doesn't appear to know that elves are typically older than that. So I suspect
2: he's probably not one.
3: <laughs> I think the hat is there to show you he's an idiot. Because that's an idiot's hat.
2: <laughs> he also almost drowns in quick porridge.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, geez. According to Wikipedia, Snails was originally a, a half-orc. And they went, maybe let's not make the black character a half-orc. <laughs> oh, Jesus <Thanks.">
1: Christ. <laughs> On that, though, did you see the orcs in the pub? They were very orky. Oh, yeah, they They were were very... They were so classic Warhammer orky. They
0: were not Star Wars Cantina level of costuming.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say Nathan's take on that is potentially the kind view because I think there is an argument that could be made that someone said, oh, no, we shouldn't have an orc. Just make him black. Same thing, isn't it? Like, you're cringing, because it is so conceivably true.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah, Snails is very Jar Jar Binks in this film, except if the emotional end of Phantom Menace was that you were supposed to care that Jar Jar Binks had died, instead of becoming a senator or something.
3: <laughs> I think I liked Snails, because he reminded me of Ruby Rod. Of Jar Jar Binks. I just felt like he was doing his best Chris Tucker impression. And that yeah. endeared me to him.
1: Strangely, that was one of the reasons why I didn't like Snails, because he was trying to be Ruby Rod and failing. And Ruby Rod is a great character. Having said he's basically
2: the same character as he is in Scary Movie, Scary Movie also came out in the year 2000.
0: It was a busy year for him. I can't decide if I like it or not, because I f- feel like it's part of a tradition of black comedy that seems uncomfortable in a film that is otherwise mostly white. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. You're here to caper, is the subtext. And I don't like it. Yeah. Which is a shame, because he gets a lot of the good lines, because Ridley the protagonist is constantly saying stuff like, hey, let's break into Hogwarts and steal the Cerberus or whatever.
2: Hogwarts. It's got an even worse name than Hogwarts. It's naming even worse than J.K. Rowling's. They just called it Magic School. Not even Mage School, or the school of blank, or blank school for blankety, no, magic school.
0: This feels like one of the things that was written into the script and then they forgot to go back and change it later.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of. Put it in as a placeholder and they forgot to control F it.
0: Yeah, like we we previously mentioned that Snail's Flirts with someone at a bar we forgot to mention that that happens in between two of his close friends being sucked into a magical map and then them coming out again and then never mentioning it again. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they accidentally get sucked into a map because Ridley's dad used to do magic somehow and put magic locks on things and accidentally activates the runes on the map. I thought for sure that was going to be a plot point as well. Nope, they never mentioned that again either. Yeah, 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 yeah. I expected magically trapped chests, but that didn't happen. Marina gets sucked in and then snails and ale would just go, well, fuck it, let's get drunk. (laughs) All right, crisps, crisps. (laughs) <laughs> we're we're not on the run or anything now. No, <laughs> oh, are we? I don't know. Check the script. Yeah, the secret police aren't chasing us. Let's just get shit
0: faced in this bar. But it is appropriate for a Dungeons and Dragons film that the road character just goes. I attempt to activate the magic item. Do you know anything <laughs> about magic? Uh, yeah, because my dad did. So random. Sil- okay, twenty. Okay, it worked. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Turns out Ridley was at least level three and was uh, arcane trickster. <laughs> I mean, it's more like a level 7 burglar and can use any magic item, even if it's not for his class. (laughs) I've said it before, I really like Damodar. Damodar was actually a really good bad guy.
0: Yeah, Uh, I think he does the best acting job in this.
3: Which is saying something.
1: He does the best straight acting job. Well, yeah.
2: He doesn't go full Shatner like just about everyone else does at some point or another.
0: Why is Jeremy Irons famous? He's got an Oscar for a film we've never heard of. I know that he's a famous actor, but I don't know anything he's been in other than this. The
3: Lion King.
0: Uh, he was, Yeah, he was the voice of Scar in The Lion I King. I discovered that when I was trying to Wikipedia at this point. But <laughs> I wouldn't have known that. Also, I confused him with the voice of Good Lion, <laughs> because I haven't actually seen <laughs> The Lion King.
3: Oh my god. You confused him with James Earl Jones. You confused him with Darth Vader.
0: I had a vague thought that it, Jeremy Irons could not be the voice of Scar because that was someone else,
1: possibly Darth Vader.
3: <laughs> oh, bless you.
1: Apparently he was in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, yeah, well, he was
2: Yeah, he was Simon Gruber, Hans Gruber's brother.
0: Oh. There were a lot of actors in this, apart from Jeremy Irons, who was already your, your big name drawer. There were several who were in the category of probably going to be a rising star, but then didn't.
1: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thora Birch,
0: yeah, um, the emp who plays the empress. She was also in American Beauty,
1: either like the year before or the year after this. She was. She was also in uh, Hocus Pocus as the young kid uh, called Danny. But then
0: basically gave up acting. It appears. What's his name? Josh Whalen. Is he called Josh, or have I just assumed he's called Josh because he looks such like like a Josh? He looks
3: like a Josh.
1: Justin Whalen. Jimmy. Jimmy.
3: He looks like a Jimmy too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He looks like a very
0: discounted version of Leonardo DiCaprio and Will Wheaton from roughly that time period. Just merged together. He's that late 90s, flawless complexion and floppy hair.
3: He did have very 90s hair.
2: The boyish good looks of someone who's grown up in a slum. It's the centre parting on his picture on Wikipedia that does the, the whole 90s thing.
0: <laughs> I actually thought he had some charisma, but it's definitely—I don't even know the guy's name. The guy who plays Damodar is the breakout character, in my opinion, which may be why he's the only one who made it into the direct TV sequel. Uh, Bruce Payne is the actor's name. Mm. Yeah, that's a curious scripting decision as well, in that they start out with Jeremy Irons as a megalomaniacal villain whose plan is to rule the world by means of dragons. But then he subcontracts out all his evil
1: villainy to the hound. Yeah, I mean, he's a mage. You don't want to get your hands dirty as a mage. And he's trying to you know, maintain his clean reputation so that he can overthrow the council. So, you know, he can't, he can't go out and do all these terrible things. But he does curse Damodar with earworms.
3: Ugh. I did not like that.
1: And then sends him off to capture the MacGuffin chasers. He has been in a lot of films. Of which I have seen one. This
2: one.
3: This one. Yeah.
2: Like lots and lots and lots of films.
1: He's prolific. Ninety three actor credits in IMDB. He
2: had lots of TV stuff as well. None of which I've seen.
1: He was the only he did seem to be the only straight acting character because no, he delivered his lines with Gravitas like a proper D and D villain should. I mean I think Richard O'Brien is
2: the only other character that I really enjoyed the portrayal of, even though he was on a very different end of the, or well, not even the spectrum, but somewhere else on the web of personality-wise. Oh, yeah, I liked
0: him. He he was the um, dubious Thieves Guild leader who was operating a crystal maze to try and recruit people to break into the vault. If the crystal maze
2: was designed to be run by Indiana Jones, Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah.
0: Another example of something that would not have worked in a D&D session because it just has one character while everyone else just stands on the balcony and cheers.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it could work. Richard O'Brien's acting as this is akin to Jeff Goldblum in anything.
3: He's just being Richard O'Brien.
1: Yeah, he's just himself.
3: <laughs> well, that's Richard O'Brien in anything he's ever been in.
1: Anything. <laughs> The, the traps and the obstacles in the maze, it was a little contrived, it was campy, it was kind of fun. And of course, the the young slumming it thief from oppressed town is the only one to get through and steal the jewel in the centre of the maze and then we're about to get promptly killed for doing it and showing everyone up. We have a catch-22. Die getting there or, you know, die when you get it. Only to be saved by Damodar breaking in and secret policing everyone. Scrolling down the IMDb for this, there is one guy credited as Mage, another guy credited as Council Mage, and a third guy credited as another Mage.
0: Well, the credits are in order of order of appearance, which I always enjoy because it means that Orc number one and Orc number two get ra- ranked above Jeremy Irons. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jeremy Irons' performance in this is madness verging on brilliance, or brilliance verging on madness. Full Shatner. If I was
0: remaking this, Nick
1: Cage. <laughs> <laughs> the only person
0: I
2: can imagine up one up again.
1: I think that Jeremy Irons, Bruce Payne, Fora Birch seemed to be the ones that were like, okay, we know we're taking a step down doing this. This is no not premiere work. We're just going to bash this out.
3: I don't think that's true because Jeremy Irons went on to be an Aragon, which was also shit and had dragons in it.
1: <laughs> I enjoyed Aragon. Oh, Aragorn. damn.
3: It was terrible.
0: <laughs> I never watched it, it and was. I never felt bad about not having seen no. it. And also, it, it's dropped entirely out of the consciousness. Yeah,
3: just read the book. You'll be fine. It It was... It was... It was, Dad, it was bad.
1: Dad, it was bad. It's a very family popcorn movie. You don't have to think too hard.
3: So was this in the year 2000, but it was <laughs> still bad.
0: <laughs> I mean, in this one, I would say it's not so much that you don't have to think too hard. It's it is vital that you do not think too hard.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I do think this film is so bad, it's actually verging on good. And not as in like, a good film, but a reasonably entertaining thing, because it just bludgeons your psyche into submission and you've got no choice but to just kind of relax into it.
3: I did have a good time watching it, even though it was terrible.
2: It it was cringeworthy.
0: Yeah, is it a good film? No, definitely not. Is it well acted? No. Does the script make any sense at all? Only like 5 to 6%. But we've definitely seen
2: things that were much worse than this.
3: Oh, 100%.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Name one. Mad Max. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it is less boring less confusing
2: <laughs> and mel gibson's not in it <laughs> that is true at least this goes on a fair old
1: pace you are swept along quickly you don't need to worry too much about why they're going to particular places or what for
3: the thing is that th- this is a bad film that is enjoyable, but there are plenty of okay films that are not as enjoyable. And I would rather have mm. fun watching a movie like this than be like, it was fine, but I'm unmoved.
1: Yeah, I can't say I was particularly emotionally moved by any of the characters in their scenes, but there were a couple of good giggles. I
3: mean, even just like laughing at the ridiculousness of the overacting or yeah. or the terrible CG like I'm at least experiencing something whereas a movie like Aragon, I don't even remember what any of the characters look like I think Joss Stone is in it at some point but I might have made that up
2: I mean I'm assuming one of them looks like Jeremy Irons
3: yes <laughs> but his performance is entirely forgettable I'll remember Prophy until the day I die
1: it's it's like when he's got the and he's just like, yes! Yes! <laughs> it's like full on square set jaw and through gritted
0: teeth. I think he doesn't have the uh, subtlety and range of Palpatine in the prequels. He's <laughs> he just like the hammiest parts of Palpatine 100% of the time.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't even remember that actor's name. I should, because he's the best thing about the prequels, in my opinion. <laughs> This
1: will probably split the panel's opinion, but we will not go into that today. <laughs> was he the best Palpatine, though?
2: I mean, given that he was all the Palpatines apart from the Palpatine. one that was an old woman with a monkey's eyes.
1: <laughs> there you go. Old woman with a monkey's
0: eyes. When
3: was Palpatine an old woman with monkey's eyes?
2: In the original theatrical release of The
0: Empire Strikes Back. Which probably then got painted over with that same guy after 97. I oh, like how, how
3: it's, it's Django's voice now when uh, Boba Fett speaks. It's uh that guy, Moana's dad. I can't remember his name. I don't know what Boba Fett's voice sounds like.
2: I did not realise they dubbed over that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I have
2: not watched the original three Star Wars films in anything other than the, the despecialised editions for years. I haven't watched them in years, full stop.
1: Uh, I, anyway.
0: I would go on to say that I had some emotional reaction to Damodar at times. He's the flat affect villain. And specifically, there's a scene in which someone says something like, why are you trying to release a load of dragons to kill the Empress? And he goes, I don't particularly care about that either way, but I've got worms in my brain now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that's my priority. His motivations were pure. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he was an understandable character. You knew where he was coming from.
1: He was a loyal bodyguard taken down the wrong path Tried to resist and not screw up too much at one point, got his brain infested with worms that were slowly killing him, and had to try and overthrow a kingdom. Those are,
0: according to Wikipedia, a mind flayer,
1: which is not how they are in the
0: in the D and D books, but They're definitely not.
1: <laughs> I have
2: ended up going down a very weird rabbit warren here, mainly because we someone mentioned the Fifth Element uh, and needed to see when that came out.
3: Ninety seven. <laughs>
2: It was 97. Nailed it. This film was award- was nominated for an Academy Award, but also four of the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. Like,
3: what? Really?
2: Did they watch a different version of The Fifth Element to me?
3: What Academy Award was it nominated for?
2: Uh, Best Sound Editing.
3: Oh, okay. Fair enough.
1: It won the BAFTA for Best Visual Effects. I mean, it should have got the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. The Fifth Element is also, I would say, bad, but
2: it is extremely its own thing.
3: I love Fifth Element
0: and I respect
2: that it's one of the the best films of all time
3: yeah
1: (laughs) I agree with you it is a great film and I love it to pieces but The Fifth Element is very much a Marmite film it is divisive it splits audiences
3: it is the type of film where I really want to make my friends watch it because I love it so much but I think they'd just sit there and be like what the fuck have we put on the telly what's happening (laughs)
2: Much like if they put D and D on.
3: Well, yeah.
1: If you had a f- like, if you'd been out for a few beers and you get back with your kebab, it's a good time to put it on. No, it's because not because, because it's
2: three follow... hours long. It's very...
1: You don't need to follow it too much, and you can fall asleep in front of it and then wake up and have a pretty good idea. As what's How, going? Why on. Why is no, this poor lady
3: singing opera? What's happening? Why is he putting his hands <laughs> inside her? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's what would happen if you woke up drunk halfway through that movie.
0: I got distracted reading about the other Wizards of the Coast, or whatever it was at the time, um, intellectual property. TSR, TSR, intellectual property that features in this film, which means it is not just generic fantasy. The other one is, there's some
1: beholders at one point. The CGI on the dragons is quite shocking. The beholders, on the other hand, I really enjoyed the beholders. I mean, they don't do much. They float, I suppose. I mean, they looked plastic as fuck, but at least they were well animated. No, the eye stalks went in and out and wobbled around, and the eyes looked around. I was happy.
0: The I wasn't. Skeleton curse thing at one point was CGI to the point of comedy. <laughs> 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 that didn't work out so well. That put me in mind of um, Nightmare, which may or may not be the real name for a CGI-based game show that was on TV in the early nineties. Yes.
1: Although the, I think the spellcasting in Nightmare was slightly better than portrayed in the D&D movie. Hey, we're being attacked by a load of dragons. What's good against dragons?
2: Fireballs! <laughs> Fireballs, you fools!
3: Shield!
1: <laughs> and then he just encases the parapet with ice. And it's like, wait, what?
3: How popular was Dungeons & Dragons in the year 2000? In the mainstream?
1: I don't think it had hit resurgence. No, so like third edition, I think,
0: had either just come out or not quite, which was kind of a renaissance, because second edition was still when it was in the phrase of being called Advanced Dungeons and & Dragons, and it was ridiculously Byzantine.
2: I mean, it didn't man- at that point, it hadn't managed to break through the wall that was 40k, in, in my experience. That was <laughs> what consumed mine and Dan's time, certainly.
1: So in the year 2000... D&D 3rd edition was released, 2003 3.5, 4th edition was 2008, and 2014 saw 5th edition released.
0: Yeah, so I th- I think the timeline is that there was a bit of a renaissance with the more accessible 3.5 and they, the SRD, which was their attempt to say third-party developers can create sourcebooks now. And then it kind of faded away again in 4th edition when it went back to its kind of um, wargaming tactical minis roots. And then had a massive renaissance with the advent of basically Critical Role, as I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> and things like it, like The
1: Adventure Zone. The Adventure Zone! The Acquisitions Inc. guys yep, have been that's... doing it for for years now. Yeah, because that started in 4th edition, I'm pretty sure. Quite probably. I know that Critical Role started their game in Pathfinder.
0: Yeah, which was 3.5 only made by someone else.
1: Yeah, when 4 flopped and everyone went, well, this ain't great.
0: Should we have 3.5 back? <laughs> no, but we'll have a third party equivalent.
1: So yeah, the, the resurgence hadn't hit. And I think there are probably a lot of mothers around the Midwest that were still adamant that d d is a path to Satanism and the devil and losing your soul.
3: I'm sure that's still true.
1: Probably is. Oh, that's absolutely still true.
3: I just wonder how many people they expected to get the references. Like, the Beholders didn't serve any purpose plot-wise, as far as I could tell, and I know what they they are.
2: They didn't even eye-beam anything.
0: No.
3: Yeah,
2: I think they were there
0: to be recognised by the people who would recognise them.
3: So I watched with mum, and she was just like, why are they not doing anything with that cool monster?
2: Yeah, one of the many things that just kind of got forgotten. Yeah. Apart from the dragons, they were pretty much the only monster in it.
0: Yeah, so Dungeons & Dragons as a concept for a film is kind of a weird thing, because at least in the modern era, Dungeons & Dragons is itself basically a writing prompt for procedurally generated fantasy.
3: See every podcast that exists at the moment.
1: So
0: having anything that's specific settings within it is kind of weird.
1: Yeah, I mean it is communal storytelling, but unless you're gonna adapt something like one of the novels that are set in a D and D universe and have an established story, you've got to start from scratch and hope somebody gets it. Yeah, but it is a bit. Like, it is a bit like having
0: books. The film adaptation, <laughs> I guess, in a way, that's what Super Mario Brothers was, only for video games.
1: Except they completely butcher all of the lore and change everything
0: Yeah, because the point I was vaguely hinting at and failing to communicate there Was that because that was like the first video game film They were like, okay, so everything needs to be like a video game in it Because they did not appreciate that it's a different medium of telling a story Rather than the point being that things are pixelated (laughs) And also there are dinosaurs, question mark Yep. <laughs> and Bob Hoskins, question mark, question mark.
2: Yep. So one thing we kind of
1: mentioned in the chat was, if you were going to make a film of D&D, how would you do it? I would hire Matt Mercer and give him lots of money and <laughs> ask him to make a proper D&D film. Thank you very much. <laughs> the problem I
2: thought with my own question on more consideration was, that, like, oh, my first thought was, why, why don't you take... The Lost Minds of Fandelva kind of the starting module and make a film of that, except that kind of the way d and d starts is the by thinking about the six or seven years leading up to the first in- encounter, but you can't have an you can't have an episode zero in a film.
1: Our movie opens on five unemployed misfits crowded in a bar with a wanted poster <laughs> inquiring about the job to escort the caravan to the next town over.
2: A better way of doing D&D might be to do it like Lost, The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones style and have it as a, a long procedural you know, narrative television show where you can have a flashback and spend two or three episodes looking at the dwarf fighter's backstory and how he was tragically orphaned as a kid or something like that. It's-
0: that would definitely work. It also seems like that short format, well, relatively short format where it's like 45 minutes or an hour per episode works better for big ensembles where there are several equal protagonists as opposed to Jimmy Olsen being the guy who does everything To the oh, I've made a note of it at the point, there's a point where they all walk up and say here we are at the entrance to the dungeon which I thought, yes, finally and then <laughs> the very next scene they're like oh wait, only Jimmy Olsen can go
1: in <laughs> <laughs> Only you were meant to enter There were some bits in this film that made me question some of their, their choices most notably when they broke into the magic school and they're climbing down the rope that they've thrown through the window and Jimmy is already stood on the floor and he's just going come on Snails, we're in here now, let's get going Snails is halfway up the rope and just lets go and falls on the floor next to the rope that is lowered all the way from the window to a coil on the floor it's like, why did he not just climb down? Because he's the comic relief (laughs) How good a fifi is? <laughs> I think
0: if you if you're making a Dungeons and Dragons film, I think there's two options. One is to have four equal protagonists, all of whom are in a different genre of film. <laughs> so unlike this one, I have one serious guy and then three comic relief characters. One of them is <laughs> pure comic relief, and you cast someone like Stephen Colbert in there. One of them is doing absolutely straight faced gritty drama, and for that, you want Vin Diesel. <laughs> He would do it too. He would. He's probably attempted to get that film going. Probably. One of them is doing basically no dialogue, but technically perfect action sequences in every film, every
1: scene. I think what we've narrowed it down to is you either make the Lord of the Rings in its trilogy. That was going to be
3: my pitch.
1: Yeah. My pitch was going to be
3: you ask Peter Jackson to make Lord of the Rings, which is what D&D is based on. Oh, whoops, he already did. Never mind, we've got the perfect D&D movie. Yeah. He's nearly finished,
1: or, yeah. you go the other way and you make Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm, yep. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the third alter- the, another alternative... I say third, I don't know why. I'm not like I've counted two others apart from what you just said. Another alternative is that you dial into the game aspect and have two plot lines one of which is in the D world and one of which is in the real world i don't know what you do with that exactly but you swap back and forth between characters and those same actors portraying elves and dwarves and whatever else Oh,
3: that one exists too that's the lego movie
0: i haven't seen it i thought that was about batman
1: <laughs> and a spaceship <laughs> that's kind of almost jumanji Oh, see that—that that is also very good. The new DMC. I was gonna go Ready Player One.
3: I think we have established the best way to make a D and D movie is to make a movie that is not actually about D and D.
0: Just make a yeah. fun
3: adventure, sci-fi, fantasy, action film.
0: Oh, final thought though on if you do do the the actors in the real <laughs> world also play their ac- characters in the D and D world. The final requirement is that you have someone playing every other character that exists in the fantasy world. Would they have a fake beard on? Yes. Would it be convincing? No. Do they attempt to do accents? Yes. Are they convincing? Absolutely not. I don't know who you get for that role. Meryl Streep, obviously, is the dream pick. <laughs> that or Matt Mercer.
2: Maybe Dame Judy Dench.
0: Dame Judy Dench would probably do it for the right money. <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart definitely would.
2: So, McKellen. Or you go for Sir Patrick Stewart, Orion McKellen, yeah, or Mo- Morgan Freeman. Just every NPC <laughs> in your game is Morgan Freeman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's tremendous, but unfortunately, I don't think Morgan Freeman belongs to the same category of elder actor that all those British names we did where they said, like, I was King Lear, I can be the poop emoji. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want six more houses, I'll be the poop emoji. <laughs> then again Morgan Freeman was in oh god what was that film called I don't know Bruce Almighty that is not what I was thinking of I'm not going to remember he got into like broke into the big time in acting at the age of 56 or something
1: so I think he may also not give that much of a shit about the drama and prestige of the acting profession I mean Morgan Freeman was in the Lego movie oh yeah and did he not reference himself as having Morgan Freeman's voice?
3: Well, he's playing God, isn't he? I yeah. Can't remember, I yeah, I am rethinking. I think he would do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what about Sir Ben Kingsley? I think he'd be damn good as you, as all your NPCs.
1: Oh, he would. I think we 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 are starting to build an ensemble NPC cast that we can just rotate through and put in different silly outfits. <laughs>
2: So rather than having one person play everyone else You have like three or four
1: Yeah That way you can have town scenes Mm. To match the
2: number of accents Your dungeon master can kind of maybe do (laughs) I think I did that in in the best possible way It's like yes, the character says to you In a dodgy Scottish accent Blah 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 (laughs) (laughs) blah.
3: Yeah but then you immediately said I'm not going to do that anymore
2: (laughs) And then immediately did the the accent Yeah
0: you just went into the HTML tag version, where you just inform us that it's in a Scottish accent. Yeah,
3: I mean, we're already playing D and think we are capable of imagining some things that aren't real.
1: <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that we're all playing together, I would have said friends. <laughs> no, you're not, Im-
2: Dan. You're not imagining right. <laughs> I- imagine properly.
1: <laughs> Hey, look, I don't have that problem. I get to tell you how to imagine properly. <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: Sorry to interrupt. I have just read something here. Because I've been closing tabs that we've been building up during the course of this recording. And I have hovered over a sentence that starts with Francis Ford Coppola. And then the hyperlink goes to Nicholas Kim Coppola, known professionally by his stage name, Nicholas Cage, is the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola.
2: What? What What the (laughs) fuck?
3: The snake has eaten its own tail!
2: (laughs) Alright,
0: got ideas for season 7, guys.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Put it on the list.
2: I'm currently looking at the director DVD Wrath of the Dragon God sequel to this with Damodar. I I kind of want to see the director TV sequels. Yes! But the thing that's killing with this is, budget's $12 million, box office
1: $1.7
3: It's
1: gonna be worse. Apparently the rewrite for Damodar coming back was something pretty special. Apparently the curse that was placed upon him wasn't fully lifted, and so he never actually died. And then his spirit comes back in a very vengeful form. In true D&D, you weren't meant to kill the big bad evil guy fashion. Alright,
0: someone should... Roll some dice so that I have a reason not to go and watch Wrath of the Dragon God.
2: <laughs> well, it's your turn to roll the dice.
0: Oh, jeez. Do I have to go and find a D8? I don't think I even have one up here. Ah,
2: uh, we're not down to a D8. D12.
0: D12. Tw- oh, yeah. Okay. i tell you what. I don't have a dice up here. I'm just going to type into Chrome. Roll D12 and see what happens. An animated D12 came
2: up and it's an 11.
0: Do you
3: want me to do the foley?
2: Let's both do the foley at the same time. Okay. I rolled a seven, but then I did only pull a D ten out so of the D I could Couldn't see it.
3: <laughs> What's number seven?
2: Anyway, Nathan, what did you roll? I mean, I think I should say seven now.
3: No, what did you roll, Nathan?
2: I had an eleven.
3: We've already watched that.
2: No, no, because if you look at the thing, I've renumbered them for for a D twelve roll. Oh, they're compressed now. Ooh. This has made me very happy. The subtext of this next one is Gordon's alive.
0: Oh, good. It'll be nice to see some restrained and subtle performances after this one.
1: (laughs) I think we've found the new member of our NPC ensemble. (laughs) Speaking of movies that could be D&D parties, (laughs) let's
0: watch Flash Gordon. I know almost nothing about this. There's that one Queen
2: song.
3: Yeah, everything I know about this is based on the Queen song. I've created a narrative (laughs) in my head from the song.
2: I mean, the Queen's song is basically a presie of the film.
1: Oh, you're going to be so disappointed.
2: (laughs) I'm so happy with this. This is my choice. I love this film. It's batshit bonkers. Looking forward to it.
3: I don't really have any preconceived ideas about it.
2: I had some, but I know for a fact they're wrong, because we talked about it previously.
1: Flash, Flash, I love you, but we only have 13 hours to save the Earth.
2: Brian Blessed, Max von Sydow, James Bond.
3: Does he play Ming the Merciless?
2: Oh, Yeah, that seems familiar. Yeah, Max von Sydow is Ming the Merciless.
0: And
3: also Problematic.
2: Mm. I should have got Ben Kingsley to do it.
3: That's it for this week, peeps. Tune in next time for more Remedial Nerding.
0: here did he play the mandarin or am i kidding him? yes he did he did <laughs> okay good phew i mean and also gandhi